Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hey, friends and faithful listeners, this is your host, Jen, with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. And we are going to be discussing Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 38. So we have quite a bit of reading today, and we are going to be discussing the next portion of Joseph's story. So this is a really exciting read for me, and it's going to be really fun for me to talk about. So go ahead and let's jump right in and uh, grab that cup of coffee of yours, and let's go ahead and start reading this. But actually, before I begin, I have to I have to make a statement. So most of you probably know that I pre-record my episodes. I do not wake up at six in the morning to do them live. That is not going to be good for either of us because I am not a fantastic public speaker. You would hear me make so many mistakes and uh, trip over my words constantly, which is what I do. So I do pre-record my episodes usually the day before. And so my one friend found out about this. I was hanging out with her the other day and she said, oh, I, I thought you actually woke up in the morning to do those episodes. And I'm like, no, I don't wake up. And she's like, oh oh, so you're lying to me every time you say to grab your cup of coffee and uh, and read because you don't have coffee in front of you. And I'm like, well, actually, today I do have coffee in front of me. So here's my coffee. So yes, I often do have a cup of coffee in front of me when I am recording my episodes. So haha, Lacey, I do have my cup of coffee right here in front of me. But let's go ahead and start reading this. And let's read Genesis 41 verses 1 through 38. As always, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning, but you can read out of whatever version you prefer. At the end of two full years, Pharaoh dreamed and behold, he stood by the river. Behold, seven cattle came up out of the river. They were sleek and fat, and they fed in the marsh grass. Behold, seven other cattle came up after them out of the river, ugly and thin, and stood by the other cattle on the brink of the river. The ugly and thin cattle ate up the seven sleek and fat cattle. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time, and behold, seven heads of grain came up on one stalk healthy and good. Behold, seven heads of grain, thin and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy and full ears. Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. In the morning, his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all of Egypt's magicians and wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults today. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard with the chief baker. We dreamed a dream in one night, he and I. Each man dreamed according to the interpretation of his dream. There was with us there a young man, a Hebrew a servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. He interpreted to each man according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it was. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him. 
Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his clothing, and came into Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It isn't in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood on the brink of the river, and behold, seven fat and sleek cattle came up out of the river. They fed in the marsh grass, and behold, seven other cattle came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for ugliness. The thin and ugly cattle ate up the first seven fat cattle, and when they had eaten them up, it couldn't be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ugly, as it was at the beginning. And so I awoke. I saw in my dream, and behold, seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, full and good, and behold, seven heads of grain, withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads of grain. I told it to the magicians, but there is no one who could explain it to me. Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. What God is about to do, he has declared to Pharaoh. The seven good cattle are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ugly cattle that came up after them are seven years, and also the seven empty heads of grain blasted with the east wind. They will be seven years of famine. That is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt are coming. Seven years of famine will arise after them, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will not be known in the land by reason of that famine which follows, for it will be very grievous. The dream was doubled to Pharaoh, because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look for a discreet and wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint overseers over the land, and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt's produce in the seven plenteous years." Let them gather all the food of these good years that come, and store grain under the hand of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. The food will be to supply the land against the seven years of famine, which will be in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish through the famine. The thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all of his servants. Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? That might be the most reading I've ever done on this podcast before. That was nearly five minutes of reading. <laughs> and usually I don't read that long. Usually I try to break it up into smaller chunks. But this one was kind of hard for me to break up into smaller chunks because it was talking about the dream that entire time. So in verse 1 of Genesis 41, it says at the end of two full years. So this is Joseph's two full years. He is still in that prison, stuck there for two full years after he had told that chief cupbearer about his dream in the previous chapter. But you remember in the previous chapter, the chief cupbearer got restored to his position 
and he completely forgot about Joseph, completely forgot about him. And I think the NLT version actually says that he didn't even think of him again until this happened with Pharaoh. So now from verse one, all the way to verse eight, it explains Pharaoh's dream without giving the interpretation. And it basically says that Pharaoh had this dream that troubled him, actually two dreams that troubled him. He woke up after the first dream with the cattle and was troubled, but then he fell back asleep and he woke up again with the second dream about the ears of uh, corn. And it says he was troubled once again. In other words, he was really deeply concerned about these dreams that he was having. And when he woke up in the morning, he decided to bring all of his wise men and all of his magicians in Egypt to him so that they could potentially explain these dreams to him. But they could not explain the dreams. They had no clue what these dreams meant because these these magicians were not of God. You know, this dream, it says that this dream was coming to Pharaoh because it was from God. And since these magicians were not of God, they could not explain this dream to Pharaoh. They didn't have the spirit of God inside of them to be able to interpret this dream to Pharaoh. But Joseph did. And all of a sudden it says in verse 9 that finally this chief cupbearer thinks about Joseph once again because he went through something similar that Pharaoh is going through. So he comes up to Pharaoh and he's like, I remember my faults of what I did several years ago. You remember, Pharaoh, you threw me in prison several years ago and you put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, along with the chief baker. And he says, we actually dreamed a dream in one night and it was a very similar dream. And we were scared. We had nobody to interpret it. But there was this kid that was in this prison with us. And his name was Joseph. And he was actually a servant of the captain of the guard. And he said this servant was able to interpret our dreams for us. And everything that this kid said, this servant said, it came to pass is what they said, which is the old fashioned way of saying it happened. So everything that this kid said would happen did happen. And he continues to say, he says, Pharaoh, you restored me to my position as the chief cupbearer, but then you hanged the chief baker. And that is what this Joseph kid completely said would happen. Everything he said happened. So basically the chief cupbearer was finally remembering Joseph and he was telling the Pharaoh that there was this kid that could interpret dreams. So Pharaoh is so distressed and so upset about his dreams, he decides to call for this prisoner. He calls for this prisoner because he doesn't have anybody who is able to interpret these dreams for him. And who knows how long this took, you know, in order for Pharaoh to see every single wise man and every single magician in his kingdom before he's at the end of his rope with this dream. It probably took him maybe several days until he decided to bring Joseph up out of his prison. And the cupbearer actually mentioned something about Joseph. It might have taken a while. So sometimes when we think God is not working and he's taking a long time, it's for things like this, for the Pharaoh to realize that he needs somebody to interpret this dream for him. And he's finally willing to bring out a humble slave servant to interpret this dream for him because these wise men and these magicians couldn't do anything. So finally, this Pharaoh brings 
Joseph up out of his prison. It says he immediately, hastily brought him out of the prison. And Joseph changed his clothing after probably years of wearing the same disgusting clothing or at least the same couple of garments that he owned in prison. And he shaved himself. So he probably had grown this long beard. So he makes himself presentable and clean to go in front of the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh finally says to Joseph, I dreamed this dream. There's no one who can interpret it. And he says, I heard that it was said of you that you can interpret dreams, that when you hear a dream, you can tell what it, what's going to happen within that dream. And Joseph, I love this. I absolutely love this. It says in verse 16, Joseph answered Pharaoh, it isn't me. I'm not the one who interprets the dreams. God is the one who will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Just imagine being in front of the king, a very extremely powerful king, and him complimenting you. But Joseph, rather than being like, yeah, it is me, he gives all the glory to God in front of this powerful king. Now, that's kind of a risky thing to do because typically people who don't believe in God, don't really want to hear about him. But Joseph doesn't care. And he says to the Pharaoh, it is God, the God of the Hebrews, that is going to give you an answer. But I am able through God to interpret these dreams for you. So it's kind of funny. In verse 17, Pharaoh sort of completely overrides what Joseph is saying. And he's just like, okay, so here's my dream. <laughs> He's so anxious to get this dream out of his life. He just doesn't really respond to what Joseph says there. And instead, he just starts telling Joseph the dream. And he says, I was standing at the brink of the river. So this probably would have been the Nile River. He says, I was standing at the brink of the river. And all of a sudden, these seven fat and beautiful cattles come up out of the river. And he says, they were feeding on the marsh grass, so the lush grass that grows around the Nile River. These cattle were feeding on this grass. But then all of a sudden, these seven other cattle comes up after them. And these cattle were so poor and so thin and so ugly that I had never seen anything like these cattle in my entire life. So this was probably like a nightmare to Pharaoh because he's seen these horrid horrid looking cattles and he's he's afraid of them almost it, this was disturbing to pharaoh very clearly because he says to joseph i never saw anything like this in all of the land of egypt because these were so ugly they were so thin they were so scary looking and he says these thin and ugly cattle ate up these first seven fat cattle they completely ate them and there was nothing left of these fat cattles and he says after they had eaten the fat cattle. You couldn't even tell the difference. They were still as thin and ugly, as bony as they were before. Then he says, then I woke up. I was frightened. And he says, finally, I fell back asleep. I had another dream. And he says, all of a sudden, these seven heads of grain came up on one stalk. And they were so good. They were so nice looking. All of these heads of grain on one stalk. All of a sudden... This other stock grows up next to this fine and healthy stock. And he says, there was another seven heads of grain on this stock, except this one was withered. It was blasted by the east wind. After this, the thin heads of grain 
swallowed up the seven good heads of grain. Then I woke up and I was frightened and disturbed. And he says, I told this, these dreams to my magicians, but they couldn't even interpret it. They have no clue. So please help me interpret these dreams. There's no one who can explain them to me. And so Joseph finally says to Pharaoh, he says, so actually these two dreams that you had are one. And he says that twice. He says, your two dreams are one. And he says, what I'm about to tell you is something that God has ordained. So once again, he mentions God. And he says, the seven fat cattle that came up out of the Nile River are going to be seven years of wonderful bounty that Egypt is going to experience. So there's going to be so much grain and so much food that comes out of Egypt. It's going to be wonderful. But right after this, all of a sudden, there's going to be seven years of famine. And that's what the seven thin and ugly cattle represent, is seven years of famine that are going to be so severe that people won't even remember the bounty that was in the seven years before. It's going to be so horrible in Egypt. The same exact thing with the next dream that you have. It's the same dream. He says, the th the thick and beautiful gr heads of grain that come out of the ground are going to be seven years of bounty. But, but then the one that comes up next to it that is uh, thin and withered and blasted by the wind that eats up the good heads of grain, that's going to be seven years of famine. And he says this is about to happen very quickly. That is why you had these two dreams in one. He says God is going to make this happen very, very quickly. After this, he gives his advice to the Pharaoh. And he says, let Pharaoh look for a wise person and have him be set over this. So basically, Joseph is saying, look for somebody who is super wise and who can take care of this issue. Someone who can be put as the head over this particular issue. He says, an overseer, let that person take a fifth part of the land of Egypt's produce for the seven years of plenty. So basically store away all of this grain and all of this good food and everything that happens in the bounty, store it away and then keep it so that the people won't starve during the seven years that is the famine. This food that you store up is going to supply the entire land of Egypt so that people will not die during this famine. And then in verse 37, it says that Pharaoh was impressed with Joseph, so impressed with Joseph's wisdom. And he says to his servants and everybody that was there with him, he says, how are we ever going to find a man like this again? A man who has the spirit of God inside of him. So Joseph showed Pharaoh God, showed him the spirit of God. Joseph was unafraid, so unafraid. We've, we've seen this before, that Joseph was unafraid to tell the truth to the baker and to the cupbearer in the previous chapter. Now Joseph is standing in front of a king, declaring God to this king. So even though this could have been a very scary thing for Joseph to do, he still did it. Imagine declaring your faith in front of a king who doesn't believe in God. This king could do whatever he wanted to you, and yet you're standing there declaring your God to this king. And this has an effect on Pharaoh. He says, this man has the spirit of God. Where are we ever going to find another man like this ever again? So that is what our faith does. 
and God was showing himself through Joseph's interpretation of this dream that Pharaoh was having. Joseph was an excellent witness of God in the Egyptian nation. Every single place he goes, whether he's in uh, Potiphar's household, the first time he's in Egypt, he's still declaring God in there. Whether he's in prison, he's still declaring God in prison. And then right in front of this king, he's still declaring God in front of this king. Joseph was a really excellent witness of his faith to everybody that was in Egypt. And so we'll see what happens next in this chapter. We will probably finish this out on Friday and discuss more about the rest of Joseph's story on Friday. So join me then at 6 a.m. and also join me tomorrow at 6 a.m. for an episode out of Matthew. We will be discussing Matthew chapter 19 tomorrow and potentially finishing up that chapter as well. And friends, if you haven't taken a look at the Alive devotional coloring book set that um, I illustrated and wrote, take a look at those. I am really trying to push those hard because they are an Easter devotional and Easter is coming up very quickly. Get those books on Amazon Prime for yourself or for somebody you know or for an Easter basket for your kids because it comes with a children's devotional and also a parent's devotional. And the two kind of feed off of each other. The children's one is very similar to the parent's one. And so it's kind of like a discipleship set or even like a mommy and me kind of set. It's really awesome and a great resource for parents to uh, bond with their children over some Christian-based activities. So take a look at those. But friends and faithful listeners, I've got nothing else to say except happy listening and God bless.